So today I find myself at Dean Wolfclark's house in Box Hill North. Sunny Saturday afternoon, we've just cracked our first furphy. We've had the tour of the new abode, which has um, got the probably the best man cave uh, you probably come across. Lovely outdoor setting with um, heaps of weights, big two boats, as you do, because one boat's not enough. TV, Canara, so you can see how um, you just get settled in on a Friday night watching the footy. Um, today's sponsor is, who would be a good sponsor for us today? Furphy, thank you for Furphy again. <laughs> Made another another. Um... Furphy, Furphy brought to you by Asia. Asia. There's a little, little story behind these Furphys. Uh, how do they taste? Red. Mm. They good. A little bit different. Yeah. A little bit different. My yeah. palate's a bit off. No, your palate's not off at all. Um, they're actually slightly out of date because my local um, my local like, shop there mm. two things you can get slightly out of date beers. So this slab of Furphy is for twenty nine ninety five. Thank you very much. That's right. The other thing is you can actually trade fish for beer. So you can, I can take up a snapper and they'll give me, like a snapper frame, not even the bloody, I've got to take the fillets off of it. Yeah, yeah. And they'll give me a six pack of beer. <laughs> because, I don't know, they, like want to make, they want to make fish too. The there old barter, barter system. Yeah, actually, I was up there. Um, oh, I'll, 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 do you want to continue to tell this story? Continue the story. Oh, yeah, right. Tell me the intro, so there'll be music playing behind us. Really? Yeah. Oh, why don't we hold the story off right. until we get through the intro. So our guest is brought to you by Out of Date Furfies. Uh, for $29 a slab, you too can drink beer that was made in the 70s. All right, and we're back, sports fans. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. So as mentioned, we've got Daniel Wolf-Clark here today. Yep. Hello, everyone. Hello. So Daniel, a bit of background for this. this the main audience is Joe. Fantastic. There'll be, there'll be other people that will listen, such as former guests like Mark Rington, Jolly, uh, Joe's partner and life partner, Caitlin, Tingay, and maybe some odd parents that have gone, oh, I'll... Listen, we're kid on a podcast, so not we, obviously not a lot of times, not a lot, no. lot to do. No, exactly. Well, most of it, some of us have downtime, which we choose to um, consume podcasts. So, I guess from our background, we've known each other since we were six or seven. Yeah, yeah. So, long, so oh, geez, that's a long time now, isn't it? It is. We went to primary school together. Daniel was you're a year and a half older than me, and you're the year above me in school. Mm. Um, so that's our background, but obviously, I think. The round ball brought us together, not the soccer ball, the um, basketball. Absolutely. And also we lived about 10 houses away from each other. About three stone throws, I'd yeah. say. Oh, maybe maybe six for me because I could throw like a little... Yeah, well, three when we were younger, yeah. but probably six now. Probably two two pushes in the pedals down your hill to my hill. That's it. So we, um, we, we had a very typical upbringing as far as like the community... Um, element to it like we both live within walking distance of the school most of our best mates either lived in the estate or um you know we're in a couple minutes walk of across across french galley road or blackburn road so that's it short dink on the bike dink it's one on the front one on the back as you do with the old pegs the big fat pegs and the mongoose two, two on the pink and one on the stink <laughs> <laughs> something like that yeah now remember um chris andrews had probably the best bike he had the flashiest bike i reckon he had the big one the big black one and he used to always park it out the front of my house and my parents would say, Chris, hide it because someone might knock it off. And then I think my dad did it one day to teach him a lesson, <laughs> put it around the corner just so he could that, shit himself a bit. That doesn't sound like Kevin. No. <laughs> Kevin, no, he would never do anything um, shifty like that. So some of my best memories of us as being friends for you know 30 plus years now, um, whenever I think of you, I think of the Monash Primary School basketball as in like playing basketball at the primary school while we're in high school after school. Absolutely. 
and you had to go home at six o'clock. Yeah. Six o'clock. That was the rule. Yeah. That was the rule. And we used to hang shit on you for that. Yep. And looking back at it, your parents were they were on the ball, mate. I was uh, I was parent whipped. Um, I remember when my parents were overseas for a period of time. My grandma was looking after us. And we had to get home like five thirty, and we'd stretch it out because it'd still be light. And uh, anyway, we got absolutely reamed. But um, anyway, so yeah, we used to shoot hoops, ride the bikes down, dump the bikes, and shoot hoops at the school rings. But that weren't actually ten foot. So the end that we always used to play on was probably like a nine. Yeah. Well, we it's funny because when we were younger, we used to play at the end that probably had a 10-foot ring. In fact, it might have even been over 10 foot, that other ring. Yeah. But then, funnily enough, as you, as you get a little bit closer to being able to get up there, maybe mm. we moved, we meandered down and, uh, you know, we'll try our luck on the, on the lower ring. Um, not much try, luck. Try to yeah. sneak a dunk. Or, I remember I actually touched the ring once. And I wasn't on a ladder. It was actually a, pro- a proper, a proper run up. And Danny just be able to go out there and put his bloody elbow over the top of it. No, not quite, not anyway. quite. So I guess the the first part here is just a bit of a soft round. So, bit of getting to know you. We've given our background and how we come across each other. I've got to throw in one more memory. Do you remember those little bikes we used to ride down that hill, that Trent Court Hill? Yeah, the go karts oh as well. Going so- that so- was mental. <laughs> I cannot believe. I, I was pondering that the other day. I was on uh, realestate.com and I saw. Um, AJ's house or something, something was I don't know, might have been up for sale or something. Mm. And I was thinking, how bloody nuts were we? We used to get these little bikes and they had plastic wheels and we roll them up the hill and then we try mm. and do the chicane from Trent Court down Bingley, Bingley Avenue. To Saniki, or yeah. Saniki yeah, through Bingley, to Bingley, yeah. right? And I remember we couldn't get it right. And then we got this grand idea that we, you know, grab the wheel with our hand, right? But of course, you, you, you fucking your hand up, but you mm. do that. And so you whipped out the glaziers gloves, the best invention of all time. I just remember we got them like, this is amazing. Like, you could just grab the wheel. You could do anything with these gloves, right? My hands are now indestructible. Do you remember, speaking of neighbour things, remember I told you and Kevin that I brought, I owned the car? Oh my so God, <laughs> you bastard. Um, look. So we were like car sitting and this is before the extension of mum and dad's house. So oh. the, the, big, the big part out of the back wasn't there. We used to have like a, an old tin shed. With the, with the basketball ring, I think, I think David Faye ended up pulling down on his head, didn't he? Probably a handful of times. Yeah, <laughs> he was notoriously um, <laughs> terrible in, in, oh, dear. at doing that. But anyway, so that was um, yeah. So that was yeah. probably my favourite lie as a kid. No, oh, these bastards. That, seriously, I was, I was a very you know, caring, sort of genuine, sort of empathetic human being. And, you know, Reedy tells me that he's got, oh no, that's, that's the car. Yeah, mm. that's for when I turn 18. Mm. And it was a oh, nice, nice car. So here I'm going, mate, that's awesome, that's fantastic, mm. you know. And he's just straight, straight down the barrel, just not even a bloody flinch. Mm. Tell you what. Good so, poker face at that time. Uh, yeah, I've got very good poker now. face. I don't want to play poker with you, so I'm fine out, yeah. No. All right, so that was a bit of, a, of our background. So growing up, so obviously there's a lot of things we can talk about throughout and they might pop out um, during our chat. But the best, what was the best part-time job you had as a kid? Best part-time job I had as a kid. Well, we used to mow lots of lawns around the area. I remember we tried to get a lawnmower business happening once. This is not a lot of bites, though. This is why I asked this question because this is one of my favourite stories about your youth: is lawn mowing Westfield Drive. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, that is a good story. Yeah, so um, it's a great business story as well. It's well, smart. yeah, it's um, smart for my, my folks. So yeah, I didn't. I, yeah, so basically, I used to mow lawns. That's what I used to do. My granddad's lawnmower. Used to pinch the fuel from my my, um, my granddad, and uh, he'd always wonder why there wasn't much left, and um, go around and mow people's lawns. And then there was this house in seventy five Westerfield Drive, and so you know my mum said, "Oh look, you know you can mow this lawn, and my friend will pay you, and all this sort of stuff." So I used to go around and mow it, and then um, lo and behold, that actually, my father died when I was you know in grade four, and left me with, with some stuff. 
one of the things that I had been left it was a lawnmower. No. Was, <laughs> was yeah, well, not the lawnmower. Was the bloody house. And so what I ended up finding out was that actually what was happening was I was paying myself. Mm. So mum was sending me around to mow the lawns of the house that I didn't know that I owned and paying me out of the trust fund that was there as part of the bloody house thing. So I love it. I reckon it's one of the best <laughs> the best um, stories going around because it gave you a great life lesson and also the investment side of things worked out you know, obviously well later in life. Well, later on, I was spewing because I looked at it and it had a mortgage on it actually. That's they they done, done the right thing. They'd taken the little amount of money that was was there and sort of managed to get it into this sort of uh, rental property thing, but uh, they didn't bloody claim it on tax because obviously they didn't have any um you know so yeah I mean I guess they couldn't because you know I don't know how it works but anyway. Mm. Neither of us are accountants. We're just um no we need John here for that. Rex yeah. where are you? <laughs> Rex will join us later on. He might be he'll be here at seven o'clock and it's only two thirty now. So well, there's a few stories if, to go through. If you ask him a question, it's <laughs> in five hours time. I'd love to see how um. How articulate you are by that point, so it won't be. Oh, it's the best part-time job, but definitely the lawn mowing. I love that story. Um, what else? You had Red Rooster. Yeah, Red Rooster. Fourteen nine months. Bang, got the job straight in there. Saved four. I saved four and a half thousand dollars to go to take mm. over to the US when we went and played basketball over there. Which, in these days' terms, is about one point eight million. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I did feel like I was rich at that point, mm. and I bought stupid shit when I was over there, such as. Oh, just, you know, the things you buy, like jackets that are way too big for you, pants mm. that are way too big for you, because, you know, they were homey things. Well, I was going to say, was it the fashion or the fact yeah. that you thought you were going to grow? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was hoping I was going to grow, and I didn't. I was, mm. I'd reached my maximum height. I remember we used to have the things on the door. I had seven foot two was my, was my, <laughs> my goal. I obviously, didn't study a lot of biology and genetics at that point yeah. in time to know that. Hey, know, mom, how tall was dad? <laughs> uh, yeah, he was five nine. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. no, he wasn't going to get there. He wasn't, yeah. No. All right, so, um,. So what meant more to you? You alluded to you had to go to the states. You didn't have to. You had the opportunity to go to the states with the Eastern Suns in in late high school. Mm. So in high school, what would you say was more important to you, basketball or music at that point? Because you're a bit of an avid. Um, oh, definitely musician. basketball. I wanted to be the next Michael Jordan, and then I went overseas and realised that you know I was pretty shit. Really, <laughs> I was I was slow. Number one. Yeah. Number two. I wasn't that good. Mm. Um, I rem- I'll never forget. We really sunk home when. We turned up the, f- the first couple of games and, and we're, like, these are full stadiums with you know cheerleaders and bands and all the rest of it. And they're just high school matches. But they're still, you know, back in those days, just like what, what you probably see um, at the NBL, the early mm. NBL yeah, games. 15, 20, yeah, 15,000. Like, like, like um, the Dan Nong Stadium sort of thing. But yep. um, yeah, I remember during the warm-up, this guy pulled up and just rolled on up and did a, like a 360 windmill dunk. And I was thinking to myself, shit. I hope that's someone's dad. Yeah. And then I was like, because we weren't that good, right? And then we figured out we were playing like in the third division. So we, like this, we were nowhere near the top, playing mm. the top, and they had guys doing that sort of stuff. And I remember thinking to myself, I've got no hope. So, And it's funny because I, I didn't drink. I didn't do anything. Like I didn't do anything, right, at all mm. up until that point. And when I got back... Do I ever make up for it? Like I was like a, like a man on a mission, making up for lost time. Um, you know, I've starved myself of all these vices in life, and then yeah, and yeah, yeah. So it was in, yeah, interesting journey. All right, and this goes to the next question that I've asked a few times with the um, last podcast. What would you tell your twenty year old self? Like if you go back now, you're thirty eight or 39, 38? Yeah. Uh, in years, I'd just say buy buy properties in shit areas all around Melbourne. Yes, that would be. <laughs> First on the bloody list. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't take life too bloody seriously. I think I was a fairly serious character, and I could have, you know, had a bit more of a journey, go overseas, and just 
you know. So we'll touch on the seriousness a little bit later on, but um, yeah, that's interesting you say that. <laughs> Why? Well, you are a serious man. Yes, sometimes. <laughs> we will touch on that later on because there's some very good uh, competitive and teaching um, stories that I've got from, obviously, the, the years and years of friendship. So that's the uh, first segment done and dusted. Thank you again to Furphy for the out-of-date beer. And Furphy, we trust. And welcome back, chess fans. Today's segment is brought to you by the Malakuta Hotel. Cold beer, wines, and spirits. Call 03 5158 Thanks again to Malakuta Hotel. You been there? Yeah, recently, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we played um, some music there quite randomly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was quite, quite funny. It was for the grand final weekend. And um, yeah, um, my mate Robbo, because the grand final sucked ass, obviously. It was just mm. a non event. So he'd had a few and he plays music and he met this young bloke who's like 15, had one eye that looked that way and one eye that looked that way. And we actually found that was quite a sad story how that came about because yeah, he'd been run over by a tractor while he's an old man, actually. Shit. Yeah, I know. It's getting a bit deep there, but anyway. Is he pretty cross or? <laughs> anyway, he trolls on back home and he pulls out this um, guitar. He, no, he pulls out a set of drums and like a PA, but there was no mic stand. So we had to get a fridge. Uh, we got a, a fridge um, trolley. We sticky taped a microphone to the fridge trolley, <laughs> and that was our mic stand. So yeah, anyway, they do it. They do it pretty well at Malakuta Hotel. That's very well. That can lead into the next question. One of the questions I was going to put in the next um, segment was, "What's your go-to karaoke jam?" Because you fancy yourself as a little bit of a singer. Ah, uh, yeah, I can. Yeah. But if if what if it's your Australian Idol audition, what are you pulling out? Australian Idol. Ah, uh, Love Raises Ugly Head okay. by Living Color. That's my go-to song. Good song. Good choice. Yeah. I feel like um. What? Belting out a few bars or? Nah, nah, nah. Killer bass line. It's a killer fucking bass song. All right, so this one's a little bit more about where you're at now. So um, so for those that don't know, Daniel's the CEO of a tech business um, called MyEd. You can go into that a little bit if you'd like to. or we. Yeah, my online teaching and learning platform, so personalized learning platform for schools. It's uh, a Facebook for schools, right? Uh, <clears throat> well, yeah. It has some similar things, but we have you basically build websites and you distribute those websites to students and then track a whole bunch of data that sits behind all of that. So yeah, cool. Hmm. Make it sound simple for eighty hours a week. Yeah, although it's not eighty hours a week anymore, so mm. <laughs> it's a very different world now. Mm. I've gone from one hundred averaging um, one hundred and forty emails a day down to about sixteen. Good, um, which is really nice. So yeah, as you know, I've um, recently sold. I know, but not everyone else does. So. Uh, yeah, so recently sold this stake in the business. Um, so, uh, yeah, don't anyone get any wrong ideas about that. Like, it's I'm not Mark Zuckerberg and I'm not walking away with screens of dollars. It's education and, you know, that's sort of part and parcel. It's more of a passion um, business, I think, if you're going to get into that, that scene than anything else. Um, but, yeah, awesome journey and, um, yeah, something that I think if I'm lying on my deathbed, I'll, I'll look back at and think to myself, bloody hell, you know. Good achievement. Yeah, and got that thing up there for it. So yeah, so so you remember this is a podcast. So you point to something and yeah. everyone's listening. Well, I thought you might have described it, Nick. Cause okay, so it was an award from uh, Anti Online, so one of Australia's uh, coolest companies. So actually, we won the coolest cool company award. Um, so yeah, so because you have the aircon down at like fourteen in the <laughs> office, or no? It's no. because it's because uh, I think what actually they told me what seal the deal was. Um, I took my staff away or key staff away leadership stuff 
on a trip down to Ocean Grove mm-hmm. and I had a bunch of wetsuits and I got a bunch of um, surfboards from the old school I used to teach at and um, kites and bocce balls and I took them down and we did a team building weekend so I pulled out all the old you know PE teacher outdoor ed teacher skills and we how did many people a... fell back and had to be caught like is that the type of retreat no no it wasn't at all we we did look first up was a surfing lesson so I ran a surfing lesson with them not that I'm a terribly good surfer but I've sat through lots of them so I explained it and then did it poorly and then we did some um, kites with the two handle kite mm-hmm. things and then it's bocce and yeah that was a lead into our sort of um, we used to call them retreats but we couldn't call them retreats because somebody rightfully pointed out that we worked most of it mm. um, because that's what we did we worked sort of got together and did a weekend of work so we called them forward sprints yeah okay that's cool terminology mm. so the, the the question i was going to ask was what was more rewarding so you, you probably answered that already by the fact that you look back on that time fondly but you obviously done teaching for over a decade now mm. all up and then you've had your own business for the last what's how many years is that now well i i've led it since 2017 but you know been in it since the end of 2014 so mm. we did the whole journey from you know backpack in the boot driving around no office you know working from wherever all the way through to um now obviously there's an office and we're well, Minor Minds part of Education Horizons Group, which is the largest uh, wholly owned um, edutech company in Australia. So yeah, it's been a been a good journey. So you got another challenge coming up, but that's still the thrash out in time. Hmm. Which is what you mean? What's next? Yeah. Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> don't know. Don't know. You so. got a bit of time to think about it. So. Yeah. Anyone looking for someone to do a job? I'm all ears mm. <laughs> and mouth. You can. <laughs> yeah. All good. All right. So, the, um, the what's your biggest guilty pleasure? So you're gonna have a little bit of time on your hands soon. Yeah. What's your biggest guilty pleasure that you? Boah. Well, I think beers at the moment have been mm. pretty guilty pleasure. <laughs> I've been enjoying these Asian these, beers, these, these cheap ones. Out of date furfies are just. <laughs> well, I think that the interesting thing is they're like out of date. I've sort of company, but I'm still buying out of date cheap beers, right? So mm. I'll give you an indication of how things how things are going. No, um, guilty pleasure. Lots and lots of just like podcasts and, and TED talks and just back on learning yep. about stuff that I just couldn't do before. Like I, yeah. I always have to be focused on the business and learning about things to do with the technology space and keeping up with market trends and all this sort of stuff. And now it's just like I'm randomly, I, I, I'm watching these shows about people sailing and I'm fascinated about how sailing happens and I just didn't have that time. So that's that's where things are at. Good. All right. So the next couple of questions. So, your best nickname ever. Now, <laughs> there was one in high school. You bastard for bringing this up. <laughs> well, I wasn't there, but there was one in high school that you copped called Fern Turd. Fern Turd. That's right. Why was that? Uh, because David Ramsey is very good at making names stick. Number one, he's done it for lots of people. Uh, but yeah, I was sitting on a chair, and the chair's brand was Fernbird. Probably could be a sponsor for the next uh, mm-hmm. segment. Shout out to Fernbird if you're still manufacturing school chairs. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but someone had changed one of the letters, so it read Fern Turd. And someone just was like, ha ah, ha, Fern Turd, Fern Turd. And, you know, when you're near eight, that just what happens, it sticks. So, yeah, I was Fern Turd for a good four years there for a while. <laughs> a certain group of people and didn't didn't necessarily like it. But now, you know, as you do, you look back at you, it quite fondly. You so you had your 20-year high school reunion about three weeks ago. No Did, one called me Fern Turd, which is great. No one called you Fern Turd. That's disappointing. <laughs> I should have... Um, should have texted a few of the mutual friends and said, listen, don't you ever forget this. This is no, an opportunity. No, but the other other ones came. You forget what people call because you know my name's like 
pretty it's Daniel uh, Wolf Clark, right? And there's an Arthur in there and a Lennon in there and stuff. So yeah, I was Wolf Wolfie Wolf Wolf Clark W C. People like to do that one. Toilet. Mm. Uh, Woofer, um, Danners, Danny, Dan. Like, so you're always Danners to me now. You've been Danners for a long time. Stacey calls you Daniel Wolfgang. So you, to the point oh, where there you go. There's another one. Yeah, didn't even know. Every time you come up on my phone, there's a picture of you sitting on the couch at Earl Drive and then like doing the cheeky little stuff. No wonder I'm confused a lot. Mm. So, you, you know, people call me different things. All right, the next one is... All right, so you've got one more night out. Last, last one on earth. Where are you going and what are you listening to? I was going to say who you bring with you. Yeah. But I assume just say close friends and, and all that. So. Yeah, it'd definitely be all the, all the guys. I mean, so be city love. or beach? Oh, shit. Man, he's trying to spam in the words. I was going to say Richmond. Okay. I, just, I love Richmond. I just love love the sporting precincts. Best night out for me would be a game of footy and then just hitting up the corner hotel and then just doing a bit of a pub crawl. And yep. Hopefully not ending up at um, Revolver, <laughs> like one bloody Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be it. So that Boxing Day in question, I left, oh, say midnight, and Daniel was, for those that have drank with Daniel before, he can get a little bit annoying. <laughs> Just slightly. Hey, take it easy. No, um, it, that wasn't easy. Only if I only <laughs> if only if I have caffeine. Yeah, We've been right. through this. It's Somebody, weird. I told people, don't give me caffeine. That's mm. not fun. It doesn't end well. So I left him midnight. He'd already ripped my shirt and made an absolute cock of himself. Ah, oh, yeah, go. You and got, then, didn't you get kicked out from throwing a chip or something? Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, I got kicked out of the um the, the dirty swan for throwing a, throwing a chip. It's hard to get kicked out of the dirty swan. And that's why I don't eat chips to this day. It's a deep deep seated um throwback. Yeah, so I get a phone call like I've been home and obviously we've got two young kids, so you're up nice and early and sitting on the couch and you know feeling sorry for myself. And I get a phone call from Daniel. I'm like, you're right, mate. He's like. I'm still going. I'm like, get fucked. Where are you? I'm in Chapel Street. I said, why the fuck are you in Chapel Street at nine o'clock in the morning? People, people didn't believe me because I, I legitimately, I don't take drugs or anything, right? Um, and the guy at the Revolver, I'm, he's like, mate, what do you want? I'm like, I've just had a couple of, I had a, I had a coffee. Mm. That's what had kept me going. Like some, I had a, um, what's, what, what's those? Um, Espresso martini. Yeah, those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. One of those stupid things. Um, and I had one of those and that was what really kicked me on but yeah and so then I'm just you know caught up with a bunch of people that are new and all the rest of it and we're still going in and was, right, question there, did you know so. did you know them before the night or you actually made friends with them that night because Daniel's one of the best networking <laughs> in real life people going around like well, there's a bunch of people whether it's blokes yep. chicks there's no there's no like end game of trying to get laid out of it it's like well these guys are over there you know just chatting amongst themselves come over and ask talk to us talk to us and next thing we've got a fucking group of 20 people just all hanging shit on each other. That's probably one of your biggest gifts is bringing people together in this big social situation of diff- from different walks. Oh, thanks, man. Um, it wasn't a compliment. It's annoying. If you're- <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. It's, it's good, good fun. You know, learn people's stories. It's, it's fun. No, look, there was some people that I knew at the start, but then you know, it, by the end of the night, absolutely. They were total strangers. Yeah. And it's funny what happens with total strangers when the sun comes up. It's as, like all of a sudden, it's as, as if you like you were a zombie, and then you wake up from being a zombie, and everyone just looks at each other and goes, "What the fuck am I hanging out with you?" <laughs> and I'm doing that to them, and they're doing that to me, and everyone just goes, "All right, it's time to go home now." Clearly, let's hug it out and fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> it is weird though, isn't it? You hug it out, and you're like best friends, and I don't even remember the names. So, yeah. no. Old mate. Mm. All right, so we'll wrap this segment up because my um, furpies looks a little bit sad, so we might have to uh, restock back up. We'll um, come back with a couple more segments. All right, so while Daniel shuts the front door, 
and yells at the neighbor's dog. We've had a very, very special guest pop, pop in. TV's Michael Mellis. Say good day. Hello. Hello. He just was going to raise his glass and think he could get away with that on a podcast. It's not, um, we're not, what's a periscope where they do the taping of the radio shows? And, Joe yeah. Rogan has a camera crew there. Yeah, so they're still to come. But um, yeah, so we're joined by Michael. It's um, been about 15 years since I've seen him. He had long hair last time I saw him. <laughs> no. Actually, it's probably the 30th last time I saw you at Furniture Gully. Yeah, actually, yeah. I think hmm. you're right. So that's probably eight years ago. So I was yeah. only only embellished by 100% or 50%. <laughs> so here he jingles his keys across to us. So we've got a couple more uh, questions to go for Danners and then we'll wrap it up. So give me your favorite holiday story and why. Because we used to go on holidays together, the three of us actually, down to Jan Juck at Rowena's parents' house and camp out for two weeks and live across the road from the pub and walk to the beach and, you know. Yes, wash, rinse, repeat. It was a fucking good time. Oh, they were awesome times. I mean, there's so many from Jan Jack. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I can't nail down to one. Oh, I reckon Thomas. Thomas for the most loosest bloody character out, just bloody randomly trying to pick up birds and doing the wrong things. When we did the Centurion, people just vomiting everywhere. Um, there was, yeah, just so many. I think. You know, uh, a certain female um, that will remain unnamed, um, putting on a, a particular sort of self-pleasuring show, live in, show in the a live show in the bat tent, as mm. you that was as it was dubbed. I thought that was quite interesting. Playing games of thirteen with cards, yeah. they got pretty intense, mate. There's so many memories from there. They were, they were great trips, but it was amazing what a little decking that would have been the size of the rug here. So say three meters by six meters or something, mate. The rugs are that big, but the decking was quite. <laughs> No annex or no cover on it. It was just this little decking with a table on it. Heap of eskies, pitching tents. And the house was, obviously, the house has now been knocked down because... Pyramid. Pyramid, yes. The pyramid. I think oh, I, yeah. I personally had to put my hand up for nearly killing that fence because I was pissing <laughs> that fence. I wrote oh. under that fence about... It wasn't hygienic, by the way. I, no, so no. I still stand by that you guys should have pissed somewhere else. I know. I think I pissed that's the seriousness coming I, out. I think I pissed in your car a couple of times and you got angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably did, yeah. Mm. No, that, that, no, probably best travel story is actually a practical joke that you played on me. So I went to Canada. So when I finished uni, one of my thing that I wanted to do was travel. So I went to Canada. Take, I had to t- take a mate's mountain bike over there because he was into his mountain biking. So I get there and give him his mountain bike. And he's like, oh, you know, I want to show you a good time for the first night. I was staying for the first night. So we went with these people to this island. So, you know, I was jet lagged as, like totally jet lagged, had no sleep, whatever. We go drive to this place, we get on this boat, massive boat, we go across this island, we get on the piss, I'm playing the piano, It's some, you'd be proud of that, Joe. Um, not very well, not anywhere near as good as you could. Uh, singing, doing all that sort of stuff, and then we're like, okay, cool, we're going to go home. So I thought we were just going to like go to the house or something, but no. We get in this little boat, we go in the, this is in the middle of the night after getting on the gas. We go out to this island, and this guy Tick, his name was, he was I the never trusted him. He was the no, he was a good, blo- a great bloke. He was the boyfriend of one of the the, the f- girls. So um, I think it was Callan, his his um, friend. Anyway, they had an island, and the island was the size of about two football fields, and it had a house. So they actually owned a fucking island, right? No so power. Still Walker Mellis as well. He's a <laughs> yeah, Pleasure Island is what he was. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was unbelievable, unbelievable, right? So no power, no nothing. I get there, and as soon as like I was knackered, I just passed out, passed out. Get up in the morning, like we're gonna go to the main island, but we're gonna canoe there as you do because you're in Canada. So we canoe to the island, and we get out, and we go to a cafe, and 
and people are so nice to me. They're just amazing. Like everywhere I go, people are smiling at me, and I'm just thinking to myself, "Fuck the Canadians are good people. Canadians <laughs> are bloody amazing, right? Everywhere we went, right? And then we get like to the point where we've, we've gone for this long walk, and we we're going to come back, and they're like, "Oh, you know what? We'll just hitchhike." And they're like, "I'm like, really?" And they hit, they pulled over this van, and they talk to them, and then we get in the van, and the kids are looking at me, and they're they're like nodding their heads, and they're smiling at me, and all this sort of stuff, and. We canoe back and we get back to the place and I go to the bathroom and I look at my face and there are three giant green dicks <laughs> on my face, right? And in that moment, I flash back and I realise that every single time I got close to standing in front of a window or anything that had a reflective like surface, they would prevent me from being there. In when I got in the car, they sat me in a position where I couldn't see myself in the rear vision mirror. And and they made the effort to like, oh no, just you know, Dan, just just hang back because you know you got an accident and stuff. Let me just talk to them because we're Canadian and then we'll figure something out. Like total fucking setup. So there you go. Bloody Canadians. So, so they draw on dicks or they actually real life like <laughs> uh, with a with a permanent texture too. Oh, so if you've ever had the old fun game of like how do you get permanent texture off your face? Oh yeah, I for the first for the first week in Canada, I had green dicks in my face, basically. <laughs> mm. So that's yeah, probably the best travel story. <laughs> so what, what would be worse, fern turd or um, green dick? Yeah, there's a bit of a theme coming here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So pre- speaking of good pranks, so you lived in share houses for probably actually currently not. Actually, not currently in a share house, but no, no, Nicole and I are here. That's that's all. This Which, for those that don't know, Nicole is Daniel's um, life partner. Wonderful, wonderful life partner, all yeah. the way from South Australia. She came over for love, and then then found Daniel. Mm. <laughs> so you you've had some. She, she's obviously not here at the moment because she'd run. Um, you've had some celebrity um, housemates as well. Millsy's teams get a mention on this podcast well, every second week. It's so funny because actually, Box Hill North is where we are right now, right? Mm. So. The, the house Medway. we used to, Medway, Medway Street is about 500 metres that way. Wow. So we've come back to the spiritual home of, of you know, Club Medway. Um, there you go. Remember. Oh, so how old were you when you moved out then? So you would have been 18 when you moved I'm, into... Well, I moved out. So so the day I finished year 12, my last exam, I remember I, mo- I went home, I packed my bags and I walked out the door and I moved in with the phase that day. That day. That day. And I never moved back. Um, so yeah, it was a very stupid thing to do. If I could go back to eighteen-year-old help, I'd bloody tell him what the hell you're doing, mate. Mooch off my folks, <laughs> mooch yeah, off your folks yeah. for as long as you can. Yeah, because four and a half thousand dollars you made at Red Rooster mm. won't last that long. <laughs> no, in today's today's um, CPR. No, rate. especially not because I mean at that time, some people may remember, but you know there was a fair bit of um, green stuff getting smoked around the place. They weren't dicks on faces, they were. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. They if you were smoking green dicks, you probably got a bit of... <laughs> we got some bigger issues. Yeah, no, no smoking green dicks, but smoking green stuff. So yeah, you know, that was that was some pretty crazy times, to be honest. That house had a certain scent to it. Um, oh, that God. was hard to explain. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, there was, like, I remember, it's, it's funny... A, it's just a damp smell. It's funny because you said, we said before, like, I'm pretty serious, right? So... I don't know what I was thinking. Like moving in a share house. The only thing I say about share houses is you learn the most about yourself when mm. you've got to live in amongst people. And I got to the, you know, you get to the point where you just be like water. You've got to be like water. Mm. Um, that being said, sometimes if water smells as bad as what a, you know, Amanda's room did at that stage, it's, you know, you, you can't deal with that. So, yeah. So, what was the, how many was the maximum capacity in, in the share house? Sorry, the most people you lived with at any point. 
Uh, I think it was five people, Manoon Road. Yeah. Um, Which is Clayton. Clayton, actually, Michael, funnily enough. So his mm. boss was his boss's house, and he ran a fencing business out the back, and I moved in, and <clears throat> Todd Bulfin and uh, a bunch of guys came over, and we, we actually... Sorry, Joe, this one's for you. Ah, oh, Teddy! <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what's that? That's a good story. So this girl we went to school with, uh, I think we were at Faye's house before this party, um, mm. and we're walking to never ends well. Walking to Faye's <laughs> house to so we preloaded going from Faye's house to the party, and this girl Joey um, gave it a fair crack. And oh, actually, it might have been the way home. Either way, she's um, we've got her in a shopping cart because she's absolutely blind, and she starts um, you know doing the two figure dance downstairs <laughs> and yelling at Tari. Tari, ah, Tari. Anyway. Goodness me. Funny story, Joey actually went to school with both Stacey and I. Wow. Mm, not, not how we met, but Joey went to um, a private school in Brighton that Stacey went to. So Bloody hell, there you go. It. Anyway, it's a fingering yourself in a trolley. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pinnacle. All right, so your favourite housemate, apart from Nicole. Um... Favourite housemate, well, my mate Niall, he's Irishman. He's the oxymoron. He's the he's the Irish carpenter. Works on you know commercial building sites. Six foot two, bald, bloody muscle on muscle on muscle. Who also meditates every morning. He lies on one of those bloody things with the needles, the pins. Mm-hmm. I forget what they're called. Um, reads Eckhart Tolle, which I quite like, um, and very you know, very you know that philosophical. Oh, Eckhart Tolle, come on. Well. Yeah. No, give us. I don't know what it is. So no, others might not. I'll let you discover it for yourself. Okay. Uh, yeah, if you've like ever... Joey did that night in the trolley. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I don't think it's quite like that. Okay. Uh, more, more, more questioning your own existence and your own reality and and what what is you know what is what is love? What is happiness? Mm. What is life? What is life? Yeah, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Mm. All right. So Niall, the the Irishman. Niall, the Irishman. But yeah, look, there's been so many along the way. I mean, that's really like during that time. I think. It's funny, look, go back. So it is funny because you sort of kicked off so many journeys, Nick. I don't even know whether you realise that, but that's obviously how I met Joe. Mm. Um, and just all of that whole crew. And now we play basketball now. Um, you know, it's, it's just it's just amazing how those journeys kick off. But, you know, I would never have moved out when I was 18 if I had never met you mm. because I would not known the phase mm. and that wouldn't have happened. And, and, and there's just so many things that have yeah. just branched on from there. So... It's just fascinating to think, you know, sliding doors, what goes back to that sort of stuff. Early comment you weren't here for the networking side, that your your ability to network with people at parties or in a like a barbecue environment, like you adapt to a two or three man conversation to a you know a hundred room you know party type thing as well as anyone you come across because you you don't give a shit, like you're happy to have a chat to people, you have to challenge their their views, you have to share your views, which leads to the next question. So you've got um, quite a competitive streak. Some well, say, I think I I think I. Well, yeah, I, I do still sometimes, very rarely actually, but um, every so often it pops up. But yeah, not so much, not as like I used to though. Oh, wow, I was expecting competitive back in the So day. you had a balance of really, really competitive, but then also like, if I can do it, you should be able to do it in teaching people, which, how did you go adapting that? Because you were pro- quite um, bullish with your views on, you know, it's, you're adaptable. Everyone can do this, challenge yourself and, and try to, you know, get people to the level that you're at. But then some people couldn't or didn't want to listen to to that preachy side of you yeah i pretty much had a philosophy you're a cunt if you say can't mm. and i don't think that's i don't recommend that that philosophy to anyone i think you can probably be a lot more nurturing than what i was for <laughs> many many years um you know that being said uh yeah i think that's just because that's the way i was for myself right but um it's not for everybody you know so i've definitely learned over the years that you you know 
you don't like I think it was just the way I was brought up you know reaching your full potential was was something it's funny because that's what the app was about right when I created Mind Online the reason why Mind Online existed was because I wanted to help every kid in the classroom not just teach a bloody curriculum that helped four kids or Mm. five kids out of 26 and you know some of them were bored shitless and the other ones were confused as hell I wanted every kid to have an opportunity so I think it's just it's it's been a common theme that's existed throughout my entire life so where did it come from though like why do you think was it you, the way you, you know, your parents brought you up or other influences in your life that you thought oh shit I need to you know I've got a bit of talent because you are quite intelligent you're quite talented in many different forays but then you've got to put your talents and match that with work ethic which you did have so where did that like nurture come from yeah I don't, I don't know where the talent's necessary well, the, the thing where the talent came from to be honest with you is the fact we didn't have a television like my mum was right. my mum was really quite an interesting character she we didn't have a television Nick so you know what I was doing at home. That's bullshit though, because on the holidays you get your grandma's television and yep. you play video games. The, we binged. <laughs> and yeah. Maybe that's where that came from a little bit, yeah. but um, moderation. Yeah, <laughs> no like well, moderation. Mate, I remember um, what was it? I think it was Kevin's mum used to say, "Look, you know, you just turn into a zombie." Because we'd get to people's houses and we'd be in front of the television, just be like, oh, and we just mm. we'd just zone out. Yeah, because we just didn't have it there that often, right? So, I mean, that was the thing. That's why we. That's so why. The whole way through, so Liam and your two sisters, they all didn't have TV the whole way through high no, school. None of us. We did not have a television in the house on a full time basis. Yes, just for the school holidays, yep. as a sort of pseudo babysitter, you could say. Hmm. Um, and then not only normal time, we didn't have a television um, until I, I turned eighteen, uh, and I bought a television in year twelve. And that was spent it. the four and a half thousand dollars from Red Rooster and bought this big fuck off, not even plasma, just to. No, actually, a fridge of a TV. It wasn't a it wasn't a big television. It was just a, like it was just a normal television, mm. nothing special. But back in the day, the old fifty-one centimeter, I think it was. Mm. I'm definitely compensating, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think it came from. It definitely came from. So if you ask me where it's come from, it's come from my mum. But like, I'm going to be really honest, and this is quite deep. My dad committed suicide, mm. and um, I think what happened was, from a very young age, I was very acutely attuned to people's um to people to wanting to, to people's uh how fragile they were about being able to achieve their own goals hmm. and i think my dad had he, i mean he obviously did what he did for a reason right hmm. um and he wasn't in a happy space so i just wanted people to have a reason and a purpose and I think that's honestly what happened. That's what pushed you through to more, more towards that. That's that's what that's what pushed me to do what I did, but it's also what made me push other people to do. And that's why I think it was extreme. Like, because you, you you picked it up rightly. Like, I didn't. I, I call people out hmm. and I push them. And not necessarily your friends. It could be someone you met at a party. Like, nah. Yeah. Said, nah. <laughs> yeah. And and honestly, for many 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 years, I thought that that was a selfless thing. But in actual fact, it was a selfish thing, because what I was doing was I was actually trying to prevent them from doing something stupid to themselves yeah. even though they weren't going to do that I think subconsciously I was just always fearful of people of what, what, what a person would do. like as soon as I started to care for somebody um, I would be fearful of if they didn't make the most for themselves where they could end up so when, when your dad passed away how old were you then so you were we were in grade 3 or grade 4 well, I was in grade 3 was I was grade 10 four. I was in grade 4 yeah so yeah hmm hmm I'm not going to ask the next questions because they're too way too personal. So we'll gloss over 
That's why I don't have a problem talking about that stuff, but it's that good. Nah, we'll try to pick it back up <coughs> a little bit. That's interesting, the insight of why, you know, you you know, you push certain things a certain way and, and expect that of other people as well at times. So had you guys ma- managing people as well, that would have been an interesting part of, you know, understanding people's capabilities and limitations and what makes them tick and different personality types. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just like, especially in schools and, and teaching and then, you know, you run a business and, and all that sort of stuff. It's, you know, people just tick in different ways and I've always believed empathy is the most powerful force on the planet. If you can understand people, then what you can do is you can create solutions for people. So, you know, business and all the rest of it, that's the way we worked and <clears throat> sometimes that worked. Uh, but then the interesting thing is sometimes it doesn't work because you've got other people that just, you know, want to make a dollar or... You know, they don't have a long-term view of things. They've got a short investment time frame, and so you get caught up in these types of things. And it's just, it's interesting because, you know, you've got to temper it. And I think that's what happened in the end is you just, you, you, that's how my competitive streak, because when you realise that, oh my God, you know, this is not about anything other than me dealing with thing. Yeah. Well, personally, when yeah. you realise it's actually about you and then you realise the winning, the everything, it, it just goes out the door. So, um, yeah, it's, I think it's just translated into a, a whole different way of being and a bit more chilled out. Although that being said, you see, you still see me get white line fever every so oh, often in so division was... division eight basketball on a Thursday night so with the Brentwood crew. Daniel and I still <laughs> play basketball together, and we played a ten fifteen game on Thursday night, and we like most games we were in it until oh, about mate. five minutes to go, and then a couple of lazy turnovers or shit shots, and then the other team ended up winning by seven or eight. But we're playing against guys that are fucking fit and quick and. And we're the opposite. Like we, you know, at some points we even struggle to catch the ball to paint, do, a, do you to paint know, a really rough picture of how we. Well, not we. this week, not the week part, just gone, but the week before, playing against a guy. I said, "How old are you?" He goes, "15." Yeah, he talks. I was like, <laughs> "Fuck you, now, man. <laughs> 15 is less than half my age now." <laughs> you could have been 22 when you. When, oh, sorry, 23 when you. Oh, I could have been dad. I oh, know. Yeah. That's what was, that was freaking me out. And just the pace they move at, it's yeah. like it's, it's actually a bit unfair, I think. I remember I played men's at, at 14 uh, with my cousins who were a, a fair few years older. They're probably you know, 15 years older, so I was playing with them. And fuck me, I remember, like, so I was, I was that 15-year-old. I was the guy jacking up threes and hitting four or five threes a game and that little pipsqueak bloke that... And getting leveled out in men's, because we were playing a decent level, but we got leveled out because you just had to because you were doing all right. So the guys mm-hmm. you're playing against are like, oh, we'll fix this little prick up. And I was never chirpy, but I obviously yeah. could play a little bit. And then, yeah, I remember getting one night getting absolutely fucking, I got headbutted by this bloke because I went up in his face and I was used to getting in scraps at, you know, in under yeah. 15s, under 16s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. what's the worst thing can happen to you there? It's, it's probably not much. Um, this bloke headbutts me and gives me a massive fucking shine. And then there's an all in brawl. My cousin had a cop and a um, depressed fracture of the cheekbone. He got king hit by this bloke <laughs> who was out of prison. <laughs> So it was had a game got called off. It's a bloodbath. It was fucking terrible. So next day at school, I got this ripper shiner and a great story. But me and my cousin was yeah, dead set. Looked like he'd been in a car accident. Like and he was one of the dirtiest, <laughs> toughest blokes I've ever played played with, and, and he played decent level. It's so funny. The blood starts getting pumped pumped through your veins, and yeah. all of a sudden you just go back to being. And it's it's as if you get channeled back into where you were. Like my old man Peter, you know, I played with him too. Yeah, like, in basketball that is. Not <laughs> <laughs> Coach, yeah, he got banned by my mum from playing basketball. Um, but he, he, she didn't even know the reason why. Now the story's come out, so I can tell it. But yeah, he filled in for Liam's team, mm-hmm. and this is going back about ten years ago now. So he was in his like, 40, 47, 48, whatever. 
filled in and somebody started picking on Liam and pushing him around a bit. And so Peter fired up and got into a fight with him like, on the court, right? And got ejected <laughs> and he, he threw a punch. But because he's obviously a bit older, mm-hmm. not thinking that straight, he um, cracked some of oh, the bones, no. some of the carpals in his wrists. <laughs> He ended up having a two, I think it was a couple of operations. He was out for like... A couple of, a couple was, of operations? A couple, a couple. Very good. I like that. Thank I didn't even mean to do it. But yeah, so um, it's quite funny because, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, because I actually, that team that I played in when I was a young tacker, um, Peter filled in a couple of times at Mazenod, so... Really? Yeah. Anyway, so we'll, we'll wrap that part of the segment. We've got one more segment coming up, but uh, it's been so good so far, so peace out, A-Town. So that thing reminds me of... Yeah, it's on. Yeah. Come on, man. No. It reminds you of what? <laughs> reminds me of Your the first... butt plugs oh. with the tail. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> butt plug with a tail? You haven't seen? Have no, I? I've not seen a butt plug with a tail. <laughs> what? what? You're watching the wrong porn then. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So we're talking about the uh, the little microphone. So picture like a, mic- a boom microphone on like the uh, set of friends. You know, like a mini version that you could plug in that, into your that's phone. That's not what Michael's picture is. Michael's picturing something totally different. So... I neglected to ask Daniel a story from the first, um, from an introduction about the uh, barter system that he has down the road with um, out-of-date furfies. So it's not that interesting, but yeah, we'll share it. Um, yeah, I was here because my mate Sean lived in this house for 14 years before I started renting it. And I was here one day and he said to me, oh, let's go get some beers. I'm like, okay, cool, no worries. And the beers is up the street at the front door, but he goes out the back door. I'm like, what are you doing, mate? Because oh, I'm, just, I'm just going to get um, something. Oh, I'm just going to get something. All right, no worries. Anyway, comes out. He's got a bag and with a snapper tail sitting out the back of him. I'm like, what are you doing, mate? He goes, you'll see, you'll see. So we trot on up to the, the local IGA up here and um, he walks in and the lady's like, Sean, Sean, how you doing? And all. all this sort of stuff. Sorry, you know, what, what race was the lady? At the- <laughs> oh, no, I wasn't, don't be like that. No, what, was, should, it, what was the accent we, you were we, trying to we, do? We call it Asia. He calls it Asia because it's, you know, an Asian grocers basically, but, um, you know, anyway. Uh, so because she sounded kind of Italian there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying I'm good at accents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so she says all that sort of stuff, um, and then she's like, "Oh, you bought me, you bought me some fish. Oh, thank you so much. Wait, 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 wait." Anyway, she comes out. She's got two six packs, and as she's doing it, this guy comes in the door and goes, "Oh my goodness, fish like this," and she's like, "Oh, and I don't know who this guy's name was. This is a Pat, right? Pat, Pat, how you doing? Oh, you like fish?" And he's like, "Yeah, I got duck eggs." And then, and then um, the lady's like, hmm. And she pauses for a moment and she looks at Sean and she looks at the fish and she looks at this guy, Pat. She looks at the duck eggs and she's like, Sean, do you like duck eggs? And Sean's like, love duck eggs. She's like, okay, you give Sean the duck eggs. I give you the fish. Um, uh, no, I, I give you some of the fish. You give me some duck eggs and I give you both beer. <laughs> and and like, I'm standing there going, bloody hell, mate. How's this? I'm sure the ATO's not too happy, but <laughs> bartering is alive and well in Box Hill North, let me just tell you. that? Because yeah. you don't often hear those stories yeah. anymore. No, it was funny, yeah. It's, it's funny, yeah. So, so we came back with um, two six-packs and some duck eggs, eggs after walking up there with a the snapper. There you go. <laughs> in 2000 and what? No, it was only two years ago, so 2017. 2017. <laughs> All right, and then a music recommendation. Music? What's the last song? We had a bit of Metallica on when I walked in oh, before. Yeah. You know, I'm into the old stuff still, mm-hmm. which can't believe how old I am. Um, music recommendation. Hmm. It can be old. Or it doesn't have to be necessarily modern. I will be busting out um, some Pearl Jam actually today. Beauty. It's going to be a Pearl Jam journey later on. Michael's a big fan. So, um, yeah. Yellow Leadbetter. Oh, yeah. From Mr. Mellis. Yeah. Um, what was the last song you played in your car? 
Don't say you listen to AM radio on the way over here. No, it was, no, some, it was, some, it was somebody. It was somebody yeah. talking about butt plugs with. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got uh, William Shatner's CD in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken word of um. Yeah, uh, it's um. Oh, what's the song called? Uh, but yeah, it's William Shatner's album, and I was listening to a few of his songs. Is it called "I Shat Myself"? Or? I shat myself. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, one of one of the best songs he's got on there is called "Has Been," and he's got a song that he sings with Henry Rollins, which is a pretty good one. You're a massive fan of Henry Rollins too. You've actually <laughs> seen him live doing the um, spoken word. Um, probably one of the better ones going around, Henry Rollins. Oh, yeah. No, Fuck no, oath. No. If you haven't touched that yet, yeah. Henry Rollins is touch I've away. Seen him, I've seen his interviews. Uh, I've seen him on Joe Rogan. I've seen a few of his uh, YouTube videos. His voice, he, it's just his he, voice alone. It's fucking amazing. He spins me out. You think he's, I don't know, I always thought he was just a, an angry rocker, but he's got something between his ears. He's good to listen to. He's got a little bit of depth. Yeah. yeah. Mm. All right, so there we go. We've um, sp- William Shatner. I didn't, didn't see that shit. coming in Pearl Jam. <laughs> all right, a uh, proper song recommendation. A proper song. This is we'll finally sign off on this. Um, all right, uh, the Coasters down in Mexico. That's a great song. Okay, what what genre? Or can it be? I don't know. No, just look it up. I couldn't tell you. The genre. Coasters down in Mexico. Yeah. All right, lads. Let's get back to our furfies. Awesome. All right, so welcome back, sports fans. I've got um, Mr. Michael Mellis and Daniel on the scrambling. Looking for a good joke, thinking of a good joke at the moment. So I've pulled out the what a gay horses eat joke and Michael said, Hey, which is one of my favourite Adam Webster jokes going around. That's um that's every time I, I say that joke I think of him. Um all right, Michael, have you thought of something? Mm-hmm. No, nah, he's I need more time. He needs more time. Daniel, he's still Googling. Oh, I can't bloody remember any jokes. So if you come to Daniel's house, his house is pretty much fully automated with Google Home. Mm-hmm. Um I can get Google to tell you a joke. Okay. Go ask Google now. Hey, Google, tell me a joke. Here's a good one. What is the best day to go to the beach? Sunday, of course. That's horrible. That is so bad. Oh, then the beach sound effect afterwards. Yeah, that's just good. She's good. That's not too bad. You can ask her weird things. You can say, hey, Google, do you love me? You bet. In fact, I'd say that we're a pretty dynamic duo, but I can't quite decide which one. Do you want to answer some questions and find out what kind of team we would make? No. Oh, shit just got really weird. Daniel's barred up. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. I, I, you know what I reckon my prediction is? Sorry, I couldn't hear what you Shut said. up, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to the dungeon. Okay, Google. Daniel's porn history. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm not that dumb. In, in, this in, massive big screen's dropped down from the roof, and there is like... incognito mode. <laughs> Come on, let's let's all be clear on that one. What what were we doing? All right, so I needed a joke from you. I don't I've know. stalled for a minute forty-five. I've got no jokes. I pulled out the the gay horses joke. No, I don't have a. What am I? I'm gonna need a what, a dirty joke, basically. A dirty joke. Yep. Oh wow. Okay. All right, you've had some stalling time, Mister Mellis. No, I've got my drawn a blank. All I'm seeing is like. Butterflies. Oh, I'm a dad now. All my dad, all my jokes. Oh, what's your best jokes. dad joke? What's your best play on words that you had oh. today as a dad? Oh. <laughs> okay, I've got one. All right, Daniel's got one, and it looks shifty. And then we'll sign off. No, I'm not that shifty. All right, what's the difference between a G spot and a golf ball? You can't find a G spot. The guy will actually search for the golf. Ball. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a good one. All right, we'll get you guys to sign off now, Michael. 
See you later. See nice, you nice to speak to you all. Oh, yep. See you later. I just want to say one more thing. I was got a flashback actually when he asked me to do this. Uh, good old Joe Sassoni's party at his joint. Mm. I'm sure people have ever brought this up, but I just remember, I would, I remember being pretty pissed because we we're underage, and I think his fam, because he always had his family around. Mm-hmm. It seemed. And I remember thinking to myself, what, what's going on here? Um, but they were just so bloody cool and so nice. And we ended up having deep conversations about, I can't even remember what, in the kitchen. Um, but that was... Out of, out of character for you to have a deep conversation. Yeah, I know. But I, I just remember, I just remember thinking to myself, wow, that was really nice. Mm. And that's like, that's my memory of Joe. That's like, that's, that sums it up. Just, mm. just bloody nice. And um, when, you, when you told me about this, I was just like, oh, it's funny because it's such a nice thing to do, man. So it's cool. It's kudos cool. to you, Nick, for bloody doing this. I'm going to give you a shout out. Um, well, Jolly shouted me out last week, so it's not, yeah. about, it's not about me. No, nah, but it's bloody awesome. And um, you know what? Today's been an absolute cracker. So I'm going to sign off on that. Cheers. All right. Hope you're doing well, mate. Good news about the uh, transplants over the last day or so. Um, and I look forward to touching base with you next week. May your news be good news. Fuck off. Today's episode, we're interviewing Fernie Creek Road's finest senior sticky man, Mitchell Robert Reed. And today we're also joined by Pippa Allity Reed for the intro to this very special guest. Mm-hmm. All right, Pippa, what's senior scared of? Daddy. He's not scared of me. <laughs> what else is he scared of? Popcorn. <laughs> He's not scared of popcorn. Is he scared of spiders? Yeah? He's scared of farts. He's scared of farts? Hmm. What an interesting thing to be scared of. That's probably a real thing, do you reckon? Like a real, like, phobia? What would it be called if you were scared of farts? What? I don't know. What would you be called if you were scared of farts? Superhero of farts. The superhero of farts. All right, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Sydney or Sticky Man Mitchell Robert Reed.